No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Hello, and welcome to New Right Network's Right Now podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Slaughter, and with me today is Isabel Brown. Isabel is a conservative social media influencer bringing attention to the leftist indoctrination students face on college campuses through hosting On the Front Lines, a video series interviewing conservative students from across the nation. Follow her on Twitter at the Isabel with a B at the end of that. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Isabel, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, first, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on, Brittany. It's so exciting to be able to tell my story to so many people and share what's really going on on our nation's college campuses. I think what's been so surprising over the last few months with finding my voice and launching this recent video series is that thousands of people from across America really have no idea what's happening right in their own backyard, even in some of those flyover states that you wouldn't anticipate that leftist indoctrination to be happening on campus. So it's been such a blessing to be able to share that. I originally came up with this concept of interviewing students on their college campuses when I was a student activist myself. I was the president of my local Turning Point USA chapter at Colorado State University, which is a big agricultural school almost to the border of Wyoming and Colorado. And I had chosen to go to school there originally because I felt in my heart I'll find a lot of people that agree with me. I'll never have to worry about my political background. It's just gonna be a wonderful place for me to fit in. And ironically, that didn't end up being the case. I faced severe, severe indoctrination on my campus, even in the pre-med track, which is what I was studying in biomedical sciences, and was constantly harassed by my community for being so outspoken and being so open about my conservative beliefs. So I realized that all of these people that I know and love and I'm so grateful for their leadership in this conservative movement, talking about what's happening on college campuses weren't college students themselves. They'd either never gone or maybe they dropped out. And so 90% of the story of me being in my classroom and my professor saying, oh, you're that conservative girl, tell us more about that and calling me out or trying to be impeached from student government because of my conservative viewpoints, that wasn't being shared on a national scale for so many students across the world. So I've been very fortunate to have the opportunity to share more stories like mine for students in Texas and California and New York, really all over the country. Uh, and it's just been such a blessing so far. That's amazing. Well, good for you. So do you like travel around to different schools and, and interview people? How does that work? I do. So the way that the show works is we actually interview students on their college campuses. Uh, we set up a little set, which is so fun for them because it, you get to feel like a movie star for a day. And then we just sit down and have a conversation. You know, some of these kids have been impeached from student government. Some of them got kicked out of their dorm for wearing a Halloween costume that looked like the first lady because how dare you do something so offensive. You know, it's the little things that you don't necessarily see on the national media that are just absolutely shocking to me. And so it's been so fun. I get to see so many beautiful college campuses across America and speak to some real warriors for truth. That's awesome. You, uh, speaking of traveling, you recently went to AOC's office. <laughs> so <laughs> notes on her wall. Tell us uh, a little bit about that. What prompted you to do that? 
Absolutely. So I recently moved to Washington, D.C. I'm very excited to be here. What most people don't know is that while I'm producing all these videos and sort of gaining my voice in this movement, I'm also going to school still. So I'm getting my master's degree at Georgetown University in the evenings and working during the day. Uh, but I love Washington, D.C. I've, I've lived here before for an internship and was so excited to return this fall and thought, what can I take advantage of in, in D.C. to learn more about what's happening with youth culture and politics? And I'd seen so many posts on social media from outside Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's office with many, many sticky notes that she allows people to write feedback for her office, tell her what they'd like to see, or even just words of praise and affirmation and stick them on the wall outside her door. So I decided to take a little field trip down to Capitol Hill, not too far away. And I was shocked at how many notes were on this wall. I mean, we're talking a hundred feet of wall space outside the door completely covered floor to ceiling with sticky notes saying, thank you for making it possible for women to speak up again, or thank you for bringing the attention of socialism to America, and this is our future. And standing there, I just couldn't help it. I had to educate the public what was actually the truth behind socialism. And I think many people underestimate how much people my age are buying into this socialism narrative, particularly when it comes to young exciting, energetic politicians like AOC and Ilhan Omar and other individuals recently elected to Congress, but it's scary. This is what we're up against at the end of the day. And if we aren't willing to fight back, even if it's as little as writing something on a sticky note that counters the narrative and putting it on the wall, that's what we're headed to in our country. For sure. And I think so many people are just allured by the idea of free college or, you know, free education, and it, they don't understand how that just really doesn't work. Can you uh, speak a little bit more to that just for people that uh, maybe they're new to politics or they're new to the whole idea of socialism and they're like, well, I don't think it's right, but, you know, they need someone educated like yourself to kind of uh, to tell them a little bit more about that. So bottom line, I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding with my generation and then Gen Z coming up into the college scene right now about what socialism is. And most of that comes from the indoctrination that's happening in higher education. Many, many students will go through four years of an economics program, political science, and they'll hear the word socialism a lot, but they'll never actually know what it means. And you discover these things when you start talking to the leftist students on your campus. I realized that throughout my four years at CSU when I would engage with students protesting me being on campus and just ask them a very few simple questions. What is socialism? Why do you want it here? Why, why are you advocating for this? And 99% of the time, they had no idea what they were talking about. They couldn't even define the word. So what's being very alarming to me is that students are being taught socialism equals social justice. It equals equality. If you really care about women being equal to men, you'll want socialism. If you really care about gay people being equal to straight people, you need socialism for that. If you really want blacks to be equal to whites, it needs to be socialism. And there's this concept that socialism is really just equality, right? But that's not the case at all. So we're seeing a lot of people compare Scandinavian countries that are actually more capitalist than the United States to the socialism that we really want. When in reality, those aren't socialist countries at all. They're higher on the economic freedom index than the United States. And what actually they're advocating for is a large social welfare state, which is a much different subject than actual full-blown socialism. I've been very lucky to travel across the world, and I've even had a chance to visit Cuba with my school when I was at Colorado State University. And it was so eye-opening, but it was sad at the same time. And yet, as I was there with this group of 15 to 20 students from my university, not one of them ever spoke up and said, I don't think this is what we need for America. Instead, they were so blinded by this idea of progressivism, by this idea of 
everyone makes the same amount of money at the end of the day, never mind how little money it is, or everybody lives in an apartment at the end of the day, there's no homelessness, but there's 20 people living in an apartment. And this facade, this veil of equality completely shadowed what socialism actually was. And I think we're seeing that on our college campuses as well. If I wanted young people to understand one thing about what socialism is, it's complete government control over everything, over what you buy, over how much you can buy, how much money you make, how much you have to pay back to the government. You don't have very much school choice, so you won't necessarily have the opportunity to pursue higher education in the field that you want. You don't even have freedom of speech in many of these countries. And I have a number of friends who immigrated here from Cuba as children or as teenagers whose parents have been put in jail dozens of times for speaking out against the government or for Christianity. And I think people just fundamentally don't understand what's going on in socialist countries at the end of the day. So the more we can educate young people about the truth behind it, the better. That's amazing. And that's so true. So many people just follow what they hear on social media or what they hear their favorite, you know, politicians saying, but they don't educate themselves. Um, and how can you vote? How can you have an opinion if you don't know what you stand for by researching it? Um, have you ever been in contact with AOC? Have you, has she, you know, blasted you on Twitter or anything like that? Not yet, but I'm looking forward to a good exchange. You know, ultimately, I, I don't, I see a lot from the right about hating some of these politicians and using the opportunity of when they stumble over their words to call them out. And yeah, that's really easy to do. But I think at the end of the day, most people are just severely uneducated. You know, AOC is a young woman. She's very young, still in her 20s. And she got her degree from a fantastic university, Boston University, in economics. So she should fundamentally understand what socialism is. But I think this, this whole concept of indoctrination and and the process of indoctrinating students throughout higher education, maybe she's just never learned the truth. And we have a really unique opportunity to educate more young people about what the truth is. Obviously in her case, it might be pretty hard. She's a pretty stubborn young woman, but if we can reach people at the top, we'll be able to reach all young people. For sure, that's um, a wonderful perspective and you're doing a great job with that. Um, so on to something a little bit more fun and exciting. You went to Candace Owens' wedding. Oh, I sure did. <laughs> like, it's just, wow, I can't believe I just said that. How was that? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, it just looked like a beautiful event. It was a dreamy, dreamy wedding. It was really, really beautiful at the end of the day. You know, I, I've known Candace for a while, and I've been fortunate to get to know her fiance over the last few months. And, uh, you know, they're just inspiring, inspiring people. He fights for a lot of what Candace is fighting for in the UK and has been very monumental in the architecture of Brexit and fighting for that movement in the United Kingdom. But at the end of the day, they are just so wonderful, warm, in love people. And it's been such a joy to get to know them. That's amazing. Were there a lot of people at the wedding or was it more of like their, like their tight group? It was more of the tight group for sure, but it was a beautiful venue. I'd never visited the Trump Vineyard in Charlottesville, Virginia before. And oh, it was just absolutely breathtaking. They chose very well. That's awesome. And congratulations to Candace and your new husband. That's just, um, we wish you all the best um, in your new life together. So uh, I, when I was on your Twitter, uh, kind of getting some background on you, I saw that YouTube has been censoring Prager U. Um, and then y'all went to court over that. So tell us a little bit about that. What happened? Yeah, so essentially what's happening at the moment with Prager U, which is an organization I'm so, so grateful to work for, is that half of our videos, over 200 videos, are being censored on the internet because YouTube and their owner, Google, has deemed them inappropriate. 
to view, particularly for children. So essentially how they've explained this to PragerU is that they operate in something called restricted mode for some people who are interested in viewing YouTube videos. So if you're a minor, if you're at a school, if you're at a church, they use the IP addresses at those places to monitor what you can and cannot access. So even if you're a minor and you can access that video at home, you may not be able to access it at school or on your phone or something like that because you are a minor. And if you've ever seen a PragerU video, which two billion people have, so one in four Americans, in fact, has been able to see a PragerU video, you know that they're anything but inappropriate, right? They're all very educational. Our bread and butter is five minute videos where we educate the public sort of about the 100 level, if you're using a college analogy, of any topic in five minutes. It's fantastic, it's useful, it's the truth when it comes down to the end of it. And we always cite our sources, we always provide more information for people interested in that. There's really nothing to hide when it comes to our videos and there's certainly nothing inappropriate. So these videos became censored a while ago and we started to realize that they're being censored for absolutely ludicrous reasons. They said that, you know, there's nudity and inappropriateness in them, like pornography. And we said, well, that's crazy. And, you know, all sorts of labels that don't even make sense at the end of the day. And I can't talk too much about the logistics of the court case just because of legality reasons. But PragerU spoke up and they decided to sue and say, you know what, free speech is just as important online as it is when I'm using my mouth to speak out loud. And we're seeing so much of that now into the 21st century. I'm sure our founding fathers never could have imagined that something as easy as a Skype conference, like this podcast that we're doing today, or putting something on your Twitter page is just as fundamental when it comes to our First Amendment right as walking outside to the sidewalk and saying whatever I want to say. So it's been a very interesting battle. There's a state court case and a federal court case going on at the moment. Uh, last week or two weeks ago was the court hearing for the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals on the federal case. And we'll see where it goes from there, but it's been such an interesting journey to see this fight for free speech and how other people have joined in. You know, thousands of people have signed our petition against Google and YouTube to say that they stand for free speech online. And the growth of this movement has been very inspiring. It's crazy that people are so into censoring free speech because it's, you know, if you really did want to get rid of free speech, then the left, they shouldn't be able to, to say their ideas either, right? Like if conservatives can't say what we want to say because of free speech, then that should go both ways, right? But instead, we want everybody to be able to say their, their views. The left, they just, they deserve to say their views as much as we do, even if we think that they're very wrong. Um, but that's how, that's how we learn. That's how we educate by listening to each other's ideas. Um, and so, you know, keep up the great work, you guys. We're, we'll be praying that it goes well. Um, you uh, made, I think it was a video about uh, people's individual truths. And um, very, I'm very interested in this because I, I hear a lot about that. Like you were saying is, um, you know, just speak your truth, girl, like live your truth. And that's not exactly how the world should work. And as Christians, we know that's not how it works, right? We're, our truth is grounded in the Bible. So speak a little bit more to that, um, just why people are just going to their own truth and how that's really not working for them. Well, you really hit the nail on the head by saying as Christians, we really don't believe in that. And what I really want people to understand about where my values and my political beliefs come from is that I'm a Christian first, and then I'm an American, and then I'm a conservative, right? So I have this deep-seated love for God and then for our country, and then my values have stemmed out from that, which I think a lot of people haven't considered in their own life yet, particularly because God has been so removed from the equation when it comes to the American experience in the last 20 to 30 years, which is so unfortunate at the end of the day, because 
I know in my deepest, deepest of hearts that if something goes wrong, I always have something to fall back on, no matter how tough it gets when people get angry at my videos or when they reach out to me and lash out because of politics, I always have something to fall back on. And sometimes life's about more than politics at the end of the day. But this concept of your truth is so attractive, right? Because people want to be in complete control of their own life. They want to be able to dictate everything when it comes to themselves. And unfortunately, that's just not how life works sometimes, right? To a degree, it is. And we want people to be able to lead their own life, accomplish their own dreams, have their own goals, which can't exist in a state where the government is too big, right? So we have to keep the government limited for that. But there's always going to be things in life that go wrong and don't go your way. And I think creating this culture among millennials and Generation Z that it's all about me all the time and my beliefs and my wants and my needs has created the me, me, me generation, like I like to call it. I don't think selfie cameras have helped too much with that for sure. <laughs> but it, it, we've created this entire culture where nothing outside of your own peripheral vision matters. And because of that, it's very attractive to want something like socialism or big government because those people are gonna take care of everything you need. And that's why it's so attractive to young people. We're being taught college, it's free. Healthcare, don't worry about it. Even now, many politicians are advocating for universal basic income, so you don't even need to work, which is so ludicrous and preposterous. I like working, actually, and I wish we taught more young people that value of doing something, that working hard means something to you, and that at the end of the day, you can look back and be proud on those things. So ultimately, I think all of that stems from this culture we've created where my truth doesn't equal your truth. Well, there is no such thing as my truth or your truth or her truth. It's the truth. And that's why I love working for PragerU. I think they're working so hard at bringing the truth back to young people and reaching them where they're at. For sure. It, especially, you know, you see it with all these, um, you know, the, the shootings and, and whatnot that happen. It seems like every week and people always say, what is the problem? It's gun control. It's, it's mental health. No, it's we've taken God out of literally every aspect of life. We've taken him out of schools. We've taken him out of colleges. We've taken him out of our homes and our, you know, our lives. And, and so you wonder why all this evil stuff is happening, right? Because people are, like you said, living their own truth. But that's just such a lie um, from the devil, just trying to encourage people to, to, do their own thing so that they don't need God. Um, you are on fire, girl. I am just like so excited to know you and uh, keep up the excellent work. And I, I'll tell this to you too. When I always like it when I when people you know lash out because I think it's it's kind of cool. Um, and so I'd encourage you when you're you know getting the hate mail or the angry Twitter messages, um, you, you know you're doing something right. You know they they can't attack your beliefs, so they just attack you. Uh, use that as a fuel for your fire. You are awesome. Uh, where can everyone find you if they're looking for you on the internet? Great question. I'm most active on Instagram without a doubt, just because it's my favorite social media profile. But on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me at, at the Isabel Brown. On Twitter, it's at the Isabel B. And I also have a YouTube channel under my name as well. So I post everything most everywhere, but sometimes there's things only on one platform that you can see. And I really want to echo what you just said too with the hate and dealing with that, I've spoken to so many conservative college students and many of them share this common thread that I experienced as my time as a student. The first time you ever get called a racist or a misogynist or a white supremacist, which is becoming the most popular label, it's heartbreaking. It is very sad. And I, I tell young people this and people my age fighting for what they're fighting for on campuses, the truth about that. I say, it's gonna hurt really bad the first time. 
And that's sad. We're not saying that to freak you out. We're saying that to empower you because when that happened to me, I went home and I cried for a week. I thought, how could I possibly have led anyone to believe in this world that I'm a racist or that I don't care about other people or that I think that men are better than women as a woman because that makes sense, right? It's not logical and it doesn't follow any logical you know, thought pattern. But after a while, you realize, correct, they're only attacking who you are because they can't attack any of your substance. So what you're saying rings with truth. We say that truth has a ring to it because we can hear it when it's truth. And ultimately, even though you feel like you're fighting against the world, what you're doing is so important to the future of our country and our world. So I always love to keep encouraging more young people to keep fighting. That's amazing. And that is so true. So if you're out there and you're uh, feeling dejected or discouraged, don't be. You got this. You're doing the right thing. Um, thank you, Isabel, so much for being on the show. Uh, you can find us at www.newrightnetwork.com and follow on Twitter and all other social media at New Right Network. Thank you. Thanks so much, Brittany. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing, online at newrightnetwork.com.